We are now in the ante-penultimate day of the first quarter of 2023, meaning the Water Rabbit has only nine more months to celebrate their rotation in one of the zodiacs that provide narrative for many of the 8 billion people on the planet. Not enough research has been done to determine if that system or any other system has any effect on the creation of this or any other installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, but I'm Sean Tubbs, always trying to keep an open mind. On today's program, the second set of draft rules for the future zoning in Charlottesville are out for your review. A new working group will be formed to look at community safety in the region. Charlottesville is updating pedestrian signals to make them safer for those with visual impairments, and the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority shares details of its plans to prepare to provide affordable units for decades to come. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance wants wildlife and nature photographers to enter their second annual photography contest. They want high-resolution photos related to the Rivanna watershed, and the winning entries will be displayed at the 2023 Rivanna Riverfest on May 20th. The two categories are 16 and under and those over the age of 17. You can send in two entries, and the work may be used to supplement Rivanna Conservation Alliance publications. For more information, visit rivanna-river.org. The Seville Plans Together initiative has released the second set of rules for how Charlottesville's new zoning code will work. Module 2 covers the development standards. Here's the executive summary, which tells us what those are. These standards set requirements for things like vehicle and pedestrian access, automobile and bicycle parking, planting standards, tree removal, transitional buffers, and screening, signs, and lighting. There are direct links to all of the materials in the newsletter. I have not had a chance to review any of this yet, but I wanted to get it into a newsletter. The details will be in the next installment of the newsletter whenever that will be. I would much rather go through it before saying too much, but please take a look at the image that's in the newsletter for the top highlights sans detail. One of the biggest topics so far this year has been the increase in gun violence, including several homicides. Now the area's three governments are forming a new committee to come up with ideas to help. Here's a section from a press release sent out by the city of Charlottesville on Tuesday. Facilitated by UVA's Equity Center and co-chaired by UVA and community representatives, the working group will include representation from the city of Charlottesville, Albemarle County, UVA, nonprofit organizations, and other groups from across the community. The working group will make recommendations on how public safety organizations can better coordinate how more programming can be created to give younger people more to do, and how to improve mental and behavioral health. The report to UVA will go to the President's Council on UVA Community Partnerships. That group has several other initiatives currently underway, and here are some updates. Members of the Affordable Housing Group are reviewing proposals from several nonprofit groups for the redevelopment for 10th and Wortland in Charlottesville and the Piedmont site in Albemarle County. 
a group working on the local economy released a report last June that seeks to find ways to increase the purchasing of goods and services by UVA from minority and women-owned businesses. UVA has since responded, and I hope to do a story on that soon. The Pipelines and Pathways Group released a report that made recommendations about how UVA could train and hire more community members. The Early Childhood Education Work Group has not yet released their report, but the website indicates it is still in development. Likewise, a public health work group is also working on its working group report. There is no work group for the provision of public infrastructure, so stay tuned to Information Charlottesville and Charlottesville Community Engagement for more on that. Wait. The city of Charlottesville this week is adding new technology to more than two dozen pedestrian signals to make it safer for those with visual impairments to cross the road. Wait. The city is installing an app called Polara that delivers this service. Here's another section from a press release sent out by the city on Tuesday. With this new system, a person approaching an intersection can open the app to listen to a voice that speaks with the pedestrian signal. This allows anyone to virtually activate the pedestrian signal from their phone, provided they are within five feet of the signal. 11. The city is hoping to get 26 of the signals done this week and have plans to do another 50 within the next six months. The total cost is around $600,000 and the funds come from the Capital Improvement Program for Infrastructure to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act. There's a link to more in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for two quick shout-outs. Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit codeforseville.org to learn about those projects. The final comes from another Patreon supporter who wants you to go out and read more local news written by local journalists. Whether that be the Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seville Weekly, the Crozet Gazette, NBC 29, CBS 19, WINA, or some other place I have not mentioned, the community truly depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today and get as many perspectives as you can. There's a lot of activity happening at the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority as new housing units come online and as the entity prepares to continue purchasing new properties. To guide the efforts, the agency hired a firm to help draft a sustainability plan. Here is John Sales, CRHA's executive director, since the summer of 2020. It was a large process undertaking where we looked at our actual housing stock current housing stock, the condition of that housing stock, um, and looked at what it would take for us to continue maintaining that property, and also what would happen if we redevelop and the options available uh, for us to redevelop based upon the market. This report is not yet finalized, but City Council got a preview at their work session on March 20th, 2023. This was led by Gina Merritt of Northern Real Estate Urban Ventures. 
That's a firm that acts as both a developer and an advisor. We have developed over 7,500 units of housing, over 7 million square feet of development, uh, valued at $2.1 billion. We've served over 19,000 residents, and we have won 27 awards. Their work to date includes a physical assessment of existing conditions, a market analysis of affordable housing, and a review of case studies of best practices across the country. They've been working with residents and staff on two specific sites and will eventually deliver a phasing plan for future redevelopment efforts. All of this will culminate in a strategy. The team will take the work product from all of these tasks and run financial models using a variety of financing sources and deal structures to determine the best financial approach to redevelopment and income generation. The plan lists all maintenance and capital projects that need to occur in the near to mid-future and offers opportunities to make planning choices about how to proceed. What can you do with an asset if you are not going to redevelop it right away, but you'd like to save some money, right? So this, again, is part of the sustainability. So if you had capital improvement dollars, for example, and you needed to wait five or 10 years to actually redevelop a complete asset, there are things you could do in the interim to save yourself some money. For instance, lights could be updated with newer bulbs to reduce energy costs, as well as replacing doors and windows. Now, about those two sites, one of them is the CRHA-owned property at the intersection of Avon Street and Levy Avenue. It's a former automotive garage. Okay, so Avon Levy, excellent location, right? Six-minute walk to downtown. Um, There's no grocery store within two miles, so that is an opportunity. Um, The challenge is that the site is small and compact, and because of that requires structured parking. Merritt said that construction costs are currently higher than usual, which makes it harder to get deals done in the current climate. She presented two concepts for this site, including a 100-unit four-story building with commercial space. That would require about 240 parking spaces under current zoning. The other site is at West Haven, where Merritt said there is the opportunity to build many more units should CRHA want to, but she listed one challenge. So there's no uh, direct access to Main Street. And as you know, the site sort of backs up to some parcels that that uh, that do connect to Main Street. Uh, so that's a challenge. So definitely looking for opportunities to connect there. Uh, there's a site that one of the, the CRHA's partners owns that, you know, hopefully we can uh, work that to be able to connect to Main Street. That site is 835 West Main Street, which is owned by Fluvanna Holdings, LLC, which traces back to Riverbend development. Merritt said if the population there was tripled, it would put a strain on the infrastructure for utilities. There are three options for West Haven, with the highest being 354 units and 89,000 square feet of commercial space in the first option. That would include the provision of 553 parking spaces. What will actually be built will depend on resident engagement, as well as figuring out what is economically feasible. Uh, so now that we have multiple options, we'll run numbers on all of the options and then figure out you know, what makes sense, especially since West Haven is so large and we have to do it over time. And there's a variety of product types. Um, it's going to take a little bit of you know, time and effort to uh, you know, play around with the numbers and figure out what works. The full report, complete with a funding strategy, will be presented to council and the CRHA board in the next few months. 
Sales said that West Haven will likely be redeveloped as a site with below-market units, but Avon Street could be developed at market rate in order to provide revenue to subsidize the cost of other housing units in the CRHA portfolio. We don't see that as an opportunity uh, for a lot of affordable housing due to the cost of developing that site. City Councilor Brian Pinkston wanted a definition on what sustainability means in connection with CRHA properties. Sales was able to provide one. Looking at the units and also looking at the market. Uh-huh. So based upon our wait list, voucher and public housing uh, and the studies that have been completed by the city, how many units are needed and at what income levels, AMI levels are the units needed? Uh-huh. And then how does CRHA's mission fit into the number of units needed, and then what resources we can bring to the table to provide those units. Sales said the work is part of CRHA updating its revenue model to allow for more sources rather than just rent from tenants and funding from the federal government. This involves a lot of changes to the way business has been done. When Housing Authority exits the public housing program, they're given opportunities uh, to build either new units or they can receive a voucher as a replacement unit for that public housing unit. The housing authority has opted into receiving a voucher, and then we're using that voucher to place it on that site. Current examples are Midway Manor and the current Friendship Court. These are not public housing units, but their units are subsidized by vouchers from the federal government. When Crescent Halls finally reopens later this spring after its renovation, Sales said half of the units will be split between traditional public housing and vouchers. The voucher units are doubling the income or tripling the income that Crescent Halls was producing pre-development. However, public housing units provide more protection for tenants, according to Sales. Toward the end of the discussion, Sales hinted at a potential acquisition of more properties by CRHA. He said these will also have vouchers added to them, which will bring in more revenue for CRHA. That's already been the case with the properties the CRHA bought last year on Coleman Street on Montrose Avenue. The sustainability plan being created by Northern Real Estate Urban Ventures will not cover the proposed acquisition of Dogwood Properties. Charlottesville will have to contribute $5 million, but has not yet approved that expenditure. More on that in the future as I try to make sense out of as much of this as I can. And that's the end of number 515. There is so much more to go through from the second set of zoning rules, and I will be getting to that in the very near future. The great thing about doing a regular newsletter and podcast is that there's always one to produce. That's because one in four subscribers are paying something to keep Town Crier Productions afloat. I am grateful and hopeful that ratio will continue as this venture continues. A sponsorship from Ting is one way that the venture will continue. They match in initial payments for Substack subscribers, which is fantastic. And you have a potential deal if you want to take them up on it. If you sign up for Ting at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code community, you will get free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Thank you to Vraki for incidental music in the podcast, which you are hearing right about this moment. And now you're going to hear the end of it. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.